0: Today's reading is taken from Mark, chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought him to a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Epphatha, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak.
1: Well, good morning, family. Lovely to see you, and uh, thank you, Colin, for that reading. I don't know if you're here. Wave at me. There you are. Um, thank you. Re- brilliantly read as always. As um, Sophie said, my name is Jess, and we're continuing in our Keys of Faith series this morning with Live Like the Kingdom is Near. Now, to be perfectly honest, when I first read that scripture that was the, the, the one with today, I didn't, um, it didn't immediately jump out at me how that that was living like the kingdom is near, and I really had to dig into it to try and understand it. Um, and uh, what I found out actually was very interesting, and it's kind of a little bit complex, so I'm going to ask you to bear with me this morning because I'm going to do a bit of a a whistle-stop tour, Um, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will be at work and nudging uh, us individually to things that are relevant to us as I cover quite a broad topic. In my house, we love the Great British Bake Off. And although I've never actually made pastry, I do consider myself to be quite an expert in it because I do watch The Great British Bake Off and have done for a lot of years. So um, if you're a fan like me, or maybe you actually make pastry, um, then you'll be totally familiar with the term lamination. Lamination. Now, lamination, for those that don't know, I'll school you, is the process of putting cold pieces of butter into the pastry dough and then as you fold it and roll it and fold it and roll it and add the butter, what happens is when it cooks, you get lots of layers in the pastry. So if you think about a delicious croissant or a Danish pastry, sorry to make you hungry, um, then that's the kind of effect that you get. Now, when I was looking at the passage, I was looking for a more of a solid pie crust kind of message, but what I discovered was multi-layers. So we're going to dig into it, we're going to consider a number of things quite quickly, and and then we're going to just listen to God and see what he might be saying. So before we start, let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you open up this scripture to us this morning and speak to our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, would you be nudging and prompting us where there is something that is relevant to our individual lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So our first layer is a face value flat reading of this story. And it's actually got a lot of similarities to other healing stories in the Bible. A person is brought to Jesus, Jesus prays, he touches them in some way, and they receive healing. Now, the interesting thing when I was researching this was that this story only features in the book of Mark and not the other gospels. And there are several times in the Gospels where someone makes a blanket statement. So in Matthew 9, 35, for example, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So a pretty blanket statement that covers an awful lot of healing. And so it seems that this story might be one of those. Now Mark must have had a particular reason to include this in his book. Because if you know much about it, a bit about theology and the kind of study of the Gospels, you will know that Mark's kind of, he errs on the side of being a bit more concise and direct and to the point. He doesn't do hyperbole or sort of extra language. And so we can probably safely assume that he has included this story for a really good reason. Now, I think in the wider sense, this story reminds us that healing was a central part of Jesus' ministry. And it not only points to the promise of healing that we can have uh, on earth, but it also points to eternity. However, what jumped out most significantly to me is the intimacy of this particular healing. We know from verses 24 to 30, which is just before this passage, which we haven't heard today, but obviously you can go and look at, that Jesus had just come from Tyre and Sidon, where he had healed a girl without even being in her presence. Now, by comparison, in this healing, Jesus draws the man close, takes him privately to one side, so that they have a a a sort of quiet place. He touches his ears and his mouth and even uses his own saliva as part of the healing. Now, this personal, intimate and sensitive interaction speaks to me of Jesus' deep love and compassion for those who seek him out and his desire to be close to those in need. And of course, that is still true for us today. If you're feeling broken, or vulnerable, or in pain, or you're feeling in need in some way. Jesus will draw close to you and minister to you. And all you have to do is turn towards him. He's waiting to show us that love and compassion. And so this first reading gives us so much detail about Jesus's desire to meet with us intimately and for his love of healing. But the next layer in our Danish pastry exploration of the passage concerns the wider context of the story and key points that Mark specifically makes to set the scene. So the passage begins with this explanation of the route that Jesus has taken and he's traveled into the Decapolis region And this is an important detail because the Decapolis region was mostly a Gentile region. And so it's against this backdrop that Jesus performs this intimate healing. And I believe that Mark is reiterating the truth here that Jesus' message of hope and his promise of healing is for everyone. Not just for the Jews or someone who fits a certain criteria, but for everyone. Maybe you have been wondering whether you're included in the promises of God. Perhaps your circumstances have left you wondering if God has forgotten you. If so, then I believe I'm here to assure you this morning that what we see in Scripture is that Jesus does not discriminate His love and his promises are for you in exactly the same way as they are for me, for everyone inside this building and everyone outside the doors. Mark goes on to describe the role that the deaf man's friends play in the healing. It was their love for the man and their strength of faith that drove them to take the man to Jesus in the first place. And verse 32 says that they begged Jesus to put his hands on them. They believed fully in his power to heal. And even though Jesus actually then commanded them not to tell anyone, they couldn't keep it to themselves. Uh, Verse 37 says that they were overwhelmed with amazement. They couldn't help but share the goodness with anyone who would listen. I wonder if God is speaking to some of us today about our passion and our zeal for him. If he wants to reawaken our love of introducing Jesus to other people and sharing stories of his goodness. Perhaps your flame for Jesus has gone a bit dim recently and you need a fresh boost from the Holy Spirit to fan that flame back into a blaze. The third layer I want to explore this morning is one of prophecy. Now in the original Greek, the word used to describe the man's inability to speak is alalos, And Mark is the only Gospel writer that uses this word and it appears to be a deliberate reference to remind anyone who reads it of the prophetic words of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4 to 6 says, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. Verse 5, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Mark is showing his readers that there is a bigger picture here. Jesus is not just a miracle worker. He is the promised Messiah. He is the actual fulfillment of prophecy and God's promises. One of the promised signs of God's blessing is healing, including the healing of deaf and mute people. And this moment is another opportunity to witness God's promises coming to pass. There's even a further depth as Isaiah talks metaphorically in chapter 43, verse eight, about spiritual blindness and deafness. He says, lead out those who, are, who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. And that points to the transforming power of Jesus and the revelation he will bring to our hearts and minds. If you have an active relationship with Jesus, you will recognize that sense of revelation that can come through things that we might just see or hear, that someone else might not notice at all, but when we see it in that moment, it speaks directly to us like a spotlight's on it or it's just for us. These references to Isaiah would have been immediately recognizable to any Jews hearing Mark's retelling of this healing story. I wonder if any of us this morning need a reminder of God's promises. Things that he has said to us in the past, perhaps. Words that have been spoken over our lives that we need to remember. And perhaps there's a specific scripture that has always been meaningful to you and you need to hold back onto it for the season ahead. Now, I know that that's a bit of a whistle-stop tour <laughs> of those layers. And I, and I would encourage you to go and read it yourself because it might be that God speaks to you through this passage in an entirely different way to me and that it un- uh, unveils things that, that I haven't noticed. But I wonder where you find yourself in this story today. Perhaps you're in need of an intimate encounter with God. Perhaps you need healing in some way. Or maybe you need to commit more time to being away with Jesus, to reestablish your intimacy with him. Maybe too much of life's busy, rolling, hecticness has stolen away the closeness of your relationship. And you want to reclaim that. Perhaps you need physical healing or your heart is broken and you need to draw close to him. Perhaps God is reawakening your awe and wonder like he did to the deaf man's friends, encouraging you to pray for others or allowing others to pray for you. Are you being challenged to be bolder about your love for Jesus and sharing it with others. Or perhaps God is encouraging you to zoom out and be reminded of the bigger picture of the promise of God's victory over death, over darkness, and his specific promises over your life. Of course, there is an eternal promise for us, for every one of us, um, but maybe you just need that reminder that love wins and our mighty God in heaven is drawing the threads together, whether we can see it or not. I'd like to invite the band to come back up. As I say, it was a bit of a a whistle-stop tour, and uh, thank you for following with me. Um, But the question I haven't answered is, how does it help us to live like the kingdom is near? Well. Whenever we encounter Jesus, we experience a taste of reality. The awe-inspiring reality that God is really real and that Jesus is with us in the here and now, not distant, but really close. On Thursday this week, Margaret shared at the Haven a story about how she encountered Jesus in her hospital bedroom following an operation. And it moved those who listened to it. Because when you hear stories like that, it cuts through the numbness that we can sometimes feel. And it reminds us that God is real. And it reminds us that Jesus heals today and that he wants a relationship with you. He is close and we are challenged to respond And whether this is the first time you've heard about Jesus or you have known him your whole life. Jesus may occasionally sweep us off our feet, but he doesn't barge in to our lives uninvited. He is the most patient, most loving friend who knocks and waits for you to respond. So is God staring? Something in you? Are you feeling that nudge of the Holy Spirit about one of these things that we've talked about? You can you can take it home, and you can ponder it, and uh, that that's brilliant. Or you might feel like you want to respond in some way today, here and now. And I'm going to hang out on the sofas after this talk, and um, Alan or I will be more than happy to be the supporters and pray for you whilst you encounter Jesus so as the band plays let's spend a few minutes of just quiet reflection talking to God privately in our hearts about things that he might be drawing in us today let's pray Lord Jesus, thank you for the miracles that we can read about, the ones we have personally seen and heard about and all of the miracles that are yet to come. Thank you that you love to heal our broken bodies, hearts and minds. Thank you that you are the fulfillment of every promise and our hope for today and for eternity draw us close as we turn to you and seek your face. Convict our hearts about anything that is getting in the way of us living our lives in the fullness that only you can give. Help us to take action and not stand still when we need to take just one step closer to you. In Jesus' name.